Well, I love that conversation between Charlie Brown and Linus, and it really sets the stage for the most important line in the whole movie, Charlie Brown Christmas. And here's the line. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is about? And thank goodness there are people who know what Christmas is about. That's why we're here this morning. And back in 1965, it's a great thing that Charles Schultz, he was a famous cartoonist. He'd done the cartoon Peanuts. CBS came to him, and he knew what Christmas was about. They asked him if he would produce a movie about Christmas. He said he would on one condition, that they were able to tell the true story of Jesus entering the world. CBS wasn't too happy, but he wouldn't back down. And so now over 50 years later, with millions of people watching Charlie Brown Christmas, so many people have been introduced to this amazing story that we celebrate today. Now, the conversation we just saw is a little bit depressing because Charlie Brown is depressed, and he doesn't really know why. It's a time of year we ought to be happy, and yet we even know today that the levels of depression, even suicide, raise during this time of year. And Linus, you could see, he's a little bit frustrated with him. How in the world can you do this? Listen to this quotation from Linus. You're the only person I know that can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Well, here's the sad fact. He's not alone, right? Anybody know someone who turns Christmas into a problem? No nudging? No pointing, all right? Uh, how many of you have had a little tension in your house this morning? Maybe just a little bit? How many of you kids are a little bit upset because you had to leave your toys behind and come to church? Just raise your hand. All right, I had some adults raise their hand first service. You, you see, often we can, we can turn Christmas into something that's really not that good. And in the movie, everybody's trying to help Charlie Brown really get it. Lucy thinks if you just get active and direct this play, that then Christmas could be meaningful. And, and, and then uh, Snoopy the dog thinks if he could just help him decorate his doghouse with lights and win the contest, then it would be meaningful. And his sister Sally thinks if it's just about gift giving and you give her the right thing, which she says, I want money, and I want it in tens and twenties. Anybody remember that? But Charlie Brown's turned off by all the commercialism of it all. And none of that helps him get out of his depressed mood. And so today, we see that often Christmas has different reactions. And that's not just true in the day we live and even the movie we're watching. It's also true in Scripture. So I want you to look with me at Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to see three different reactions to Christmas Day. Matthew chapter 2, let's start reading verse 1. We'll go through verse 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been born the king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests, And teachers of the law, he asked them, where was the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And then they quote the prophet Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi 
secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. I too, what a liar. That's not what he wants. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was born. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now in this story, we see three reactions to Jesus' birth. Number one was hatred and hostility. King Herod is not happy about this. Why? Because the word king has been used. And he, he sees this baby as a threat to his life. You see, if he's the king, then everything's going to change. And even today, some people really hate Christmas, and they downplay Jesus. Some of it may be intellectual, but I have a feeling that most of it starts with not wanting someone to run our life. Because if this baby truly is the son of God, he's going to grow up to be the Lord. And if he's the Lord, he's going to tell me to do certain things I probably don't want to do. He's going to tell me to not do some things I want to do. And so many people have hostility toward Jesus because they don't want him just like Herod becoming the king of their lives. And then number two, and this is the surprising one, is complete indifference. And where does this show up? Surprisingly. It shows up in the religious leaders. It shows up in the very ones who know how to quote scripture. They know the prophet Micah. They know where Jesus is, the Savior is going to be born. Now, what would you expect if you're reading the story, if you hadn't already heard it? What I would expect is that these guys are running to Bethlehem because they know better than anybody else where it could happen. And yet they're just completely indifferent. They're too wrapped up in their religious rituals, in their legalistic discussions to even celebrate the birth of Jesus. I know in my own life, there was a time where I didn't really celebrate Christmas. I argued about it. I would argue with people, you know, we all know, so like Swindle prayed earlier, December 25th could have never been the birth of Jesus. What I finally figured out is no one believed that. And we argued about whether you should have Christmas or not. And here's what happened to me, even when I started changing my mind. I just sort of lost the whole thing in the debate and forgot the simple, beautiful story of Jesus coming. You see, too many of us, when it comes to Christmas, and our reasons may be different. It just may be the hurry and rush of the season. It might be all the cooking and cleaning you got to do today, or all the money you spend on all these gifts. And yet somehow we just, we miss it. And that brings us to the third group. And that's these, and again, here's the surprise. It's the Magi. They adoringly worship Jesus. Now what's so shocking about this is, listen guys, these guys were astrologers. They were pagan astrologers. The Bible condemns astrology. And yet these are the ones that God picks to show up and be the ones who actually worship his son. It says something right here at the beginning of the story, that everybody is open to Jesus Christ. You see, honestly, 
what else do you do if you believe this story? How could you not worship if you believe this baby is the Son of God, miraculously born of a virgin, who's going to grow up and model life for us and live a perfect life, who's going to live on this earth just like us, starting in the most lowly of circumstances in a barn, and that one day he's going to show up on a cross to take our place and take our punishment. And then three days later, he's in resurrect. My friends, the only appropriate response to that is to bow down and worship. That's what they do. And, and this morning, if we understand that, that change, it's, every, it's a game changer. I, I still love Charlie Brown's proclamation. Is there anyone who understands the real meaning of Christmas? And these guys do. And in the movie after they've worked through all these different suggestions to Charlie Brown and none of them work, finally Linus breaks in and Linus reminds them of what Christmas is all about. Watch this clip. So we're going to join in that worship. But for just a moment, I want you to focus in on one phrase in that song. This is why we celebrate. God and sinners have been reconciled. Despite my selfishness and my sinfulness and every bad thing that's happened in my life, Jesus has come to reconcile me with God, and he's done the same with you. That's why this is so good news. But because of our sin, we were estranged from God. We were distanced from God. Scripture would say we were cut off from God, and yet Jesus came to bring us together. In just a moment, we'll celebrate that. But before we do that, I want to close by reminding you something that you might have missed in the movie, at least I missed forever. There's actually a, a hidden secret found in the movie that you've got to look very closely to, and my buddy Chester Riggs pointed this out to me a few weeks ago. And, and the hint is something significant is said every time that Linus drops his blanket. You, you see, Linus has this security blanket, right? Many of you remember that as children. I remember my children that way. I especially remember my son, Lincoln. He had this blanket. It had to be just the perfect texture. I remember one night we were with Jim and Jill Sanderson out driving around town looking for Christmas lights. And in the middle of it, Lincoln, which any of you ever heard, took sort of the nursery, understand this, was screaming the whole time and upset because he didn't have his blankie. And, and so we couldn't find one. So finally we had to go to the East Del Mar. I think it was actually Pazitz and walk in there and we found just the right blanket and he was okay. I think he's probably still carrying it around today. But you know, he loved that blanket and that's the way Linus was. The blanket was his security. But a couple of times in the movie, he's able to drop his security blanket and it says something. And guys, this morning, many of us receive our security from you know, what we make, we receive our security by what we do, we receive our security from who we think we are, we receive security in all the wrong places, and yet this little secret in this movie will tell us something different. The first time Linus lets go of his blanket is when he's saying the Christmas story and he says the two words, fear not. He drops his blanket. And guys, that's a common theme through Scripture, isn't it? 
366 times your Bible has those words, fear not. That's one for every day, even on a leap year. Isn't that incredible? And guys, when we understand who Jesus is, when we understand that he is Emmanuel, here's what we know. No matter what we face in life, we are never alone. We don't have to fear life. And even our bad past, even our sinful choices, we don't have to fear the wrath of God because it's been satisfied by Jesus on the cross. So we fear not. Now, the other time that Linus drops his blanket is in that little pitiful Christmas tree where he says, this tree needs some love. And the words there were, love one another. And guys, I love those two messages because they really prepare us for what we're about to do in just a moment. Communion. Communion's the time where we come before God and we celebrate that we don't have to be afraid because of everything Jesus has done for us. But communion is not simply about your relationship with God. It's also about our relationship with each other. Not only have we been reconciled to God, we've been reconciled in our relationship. And because God has loved us unconditionally and forgiven us, we're able to do the same for each other. And so we love one another. So my friends, as we come around communion in the next few moments, here's the good news. You don't have to be afraid of God. And we now have been empowered by God to love each other. And so communion has got that vertical dimension of our relationship with God and our horizontal dimension in our relationship with each other. So in just a few moments, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then you're going to get up and go to tables located all around the worship center. There you can receive your little pack of communion to take. And you also, we'd like you to get a candle and turn that on. And then we're going we're gonna to come up here and we're going to surround the stage and close out our time together with the only appropriate response on Christmas morning. It's just to worship God. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to really be real cooperative with me. Give me this gift today, okay? When you come up here, go ahead and just start and surround right up front. We can get two rows right here in front of the pews, and then we'll go pew to pew. And before it's over, we'll all be gathered together, loving one another in view of what Jesus has done for us. But before we do that, let me ask you one more question. What's your reaction to Jesus' birth? I I doubt many of us have Herod's reaction, that we're actually hostile about it. Maybe you are mad at God because God's told you some things you don't want to hear. I'd say more of us might, if we're not careful, just be indifferent. Now, this is such a crazy season, and we spent so much money, and we've traveled so much, and cooked and cleaned up, and so often in the middle of that, we, we lose it. And that's why just like Charlie Brown, we might even find ourselves a little bit depressed in the middle of this season. But here's the appropriate response, and that's where I want you and I just to take a a deep breath in the middle of all this craziness and think of believing this story, the only response that's worthy of this moment is adoring worship. It's for us to do exactly what the Magi did. 
to bow down before him and to worship him. And so in the next few moments, as you partake communion, you remember what Jesus has done for you, and you get your candle and we surround the stage, let's worship. Let's really worship on this day in market. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much, God, for this story. It's more than just a story. It's the truth of your entry into this world. And Father, we just, we stand amazed that you would love us that much. And Father, as we watch this story, God, we see that the only really appropriate response is worship. And yet, in our busyness, often we leave that out. But Lord, right now, I'm so thankful for everyone who gathered in this building this morning, for those who are watching online. And for the moment that we have right now to respond. Uh, Father, this morning our response is so simple. It's just to worship you. Because, Because, Father, Jesus came to this earth, we can fear not. We don't fear the consequences of our sin because they've been forgiven. We don't even fear death because it's been defeated. And because of the way you loved us when we were so undeserving, we can love one another. And so, Lord, as we get our candles and our communion and we surround the stage, Father, as we remember the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus and what that has done for each one of us as his followers, God, help us to respond on this wonderful Christmas day that we get to be together. And Lord, God, help us to worship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.